0: Popcorn Rice, like a discussion. Want to know some more fun facts?
1: Isn't it awesome to see some of your favorite content creators and favorite people, honestly, you follow here on
2: this app? Be a part of this amazing community called the Nerd Initiative. Welcome to Fandoms, a show from every fan's point of view, brought to you by the Nerd Initiative Network. Here's your hosts, Tony and Michael. Welcome, everybody.
3: It has been. A while. It's been a minute. It's been about almost two months. Well, I, for us, it's been two months because the last episode was recorded. Um, but but yeah, we're we're back. Um, hello, Michael. How's it going? Um, it's it's going pretty good, and we are going to be joined with by a guest uh, shortly. Um, we uh, we've invited uh, Nelly the Genie, or also known as Arkham Knight on TikTok, um, uh, a fantastic Transformer cosplayer. Uh, to join us in a little bit. Um, and I believe he's getting ready. So we're going to go ahead and give him some time to do that. Um, but we figure we, we have a lot to kind of catch up on. Yeah. Like, like it, you know, we did the nerd news, uh, right before, uh, Jade came on last episode. And then of course we had the hiatus because I was somewhere, um, like somewhere not available for, for episode last, last, uh, last time. And um, and we can we I guess we could definitely talk about that and let's
4: get into it. Yeah, so let's get into it.
3: Yeah, I mean, because you know, it's not like I wasn't anywhere special. Um, no, but you know, it was the second part of of Good Morning America inviting us in, um, to to Los Angeles to do the the red carpet, and man, what so awesome, so awesome. I, I I still. To this moment, still can't believe it happened. Um, so it, give it us, just give
4: us your your one paragraph, 30 second synopsis of the experience of going to the premiere of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. You're <laughs> on. Go.
3: It was nothing that I thought it was gonna be like in a good way. Um, every person has this idea, especially content creators, of what it's like to get to a red carpet. It wasn't like that. I mean, it's definitely uh, all I can say is this. It was a celebration for the cast and crew for an Mm. accomplishment, a job well done. And it was electric, just absolutely electric. You have those long lines for press and everything and the photos and whatnot. But when you get down to just when you're in the theater and you're with all these people in the industry that worked on this film and are proud of this film Mm. and immediately they, they're cheering for seeing like all of the names appear on the screen, like That's you cool. realize, like, like like this is one of those things where it's just like the satisfaction, and it made for an amazing this this you've seen videos where you like people cheering during Endgame. There was it was better at the at the uh, the premiere for Guardians than
4: any of those footage the footage I saw for Endgame. What was what was the So all right, so let's start from the beginning. What was the carpet like? Because, again, my my experience is in in the press. So, it's not fun. <laughs> like, right. It's, it's cool, it's electric and like I think the biggest one that I can compare to is like Man of Steel was literally like a football football field long of press. Like there was hundreds of people in line. And it's, you know, it's work. It's not as fun. But I saw your photos and Oh, yeah, I've got them here. <laughs> like you said, like, I mean, it looks like a party, like a, almost like a, a an intense Marvel amazing party where your yeah. son is dressed up as Rocket and Fancy Rocket. Sorry, I want to get it correctly. Yes, Fancy Rocket. Um, you look amazing. But it also just like, oh, man, it looks like Wonderland. Like it's it's literally like being a kid in a candy store like these. This looks like the, the best night of, of anyone's life. So so
3: here. OK, so. Breaking down perceptions. The first thing that you think of, like with the red carpet, is you you get out of your car, and like immediately that's where it starts. That wasn't the case. Like we were a little bit confused. We made our driver like drive around the Dolby Theater because you couldn't tell there was a premiere going on
0: mm. from
3: from where where you were coming in from the floor. The only thing you could see was like some barriers. So once we called the the producer that was there for GMA, they um. They they get you in and you're like you're it's because you know the Dolby Theater is like in a mall. Um, and so you gotta kinda go down to the bottom, and it's a little weird, like right between the escalators is where they had the will call, and we had to wait until like three uh, it was like five something for them to let us in. And of course, you know how you get people like like Straw Hat was there with Jandro and a bunch of people, Mm -hmm. Tropical Joe and stuff. And they had, you know, Paul, their PR guy, and they're in the midst of where we can't get to because we're behind the, the rope. And then once they opened it up, like it was amazing. Cause they treated us like they treated us really nicely. Like all of our tickets were together. So Jade and, and her, um, her partner, which I'm glad we coordinated to meet up at the same time for this red yeah. carpet because they wouldn't let us get our, our badges until they were there. Um, and so if oh, we done, it would have been, been weird cause they were all under all together. And so we get our badges, they give you the spiel. Don't show your badge on any photo, like, for this evening because i guess people try to you know make fake badges and get in real quick Yeah. um so they gave us a spiel of what we could not couldn't do they gave us wristbands they got us into the after party and then we went up the escalators um to like the top area where the dolby ballroom is and that's where this is all going on so this space that they had where when you first walk in um this this image at the top left-hand corner is is what you first see when you walk through the doors. And then right behind it is the platform where Marvel was doing their TikTok live and the interviews and stuff like that. If you watch the streaming, mm. and then behind it was like this U shape w- where on both sides were all the cosplayers and the fans that I guess that they let in, kind of like where Donovan was before. Yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. Um,
3: so they had that on both sides. People were all dressed up. It was all awesome. You know, we're walking up and, um, I can't imagine having to stand there that whole time. It was kind of like a holding pen. And then you walk around it and then you go over to the side. And then um, where, where John is, is standing right here. This is that we've, we've finally gotten past all of that. And, um, and then what happens is um, you're, we're kind of waiting. And if you look like right behind, over like like right on the left of, of the picture of with with John where he's standing in front of the Guardian sign, that's where the press were. So that's where you see everybody kind of walking down the carpet. And yeah. so they they we we asked this guy. He was really nice. He escorted us around and got us all past it because of course nobody wants to take a picture of us. And we they got us to the the ABC the GMA um, uh, like. Spot. portion of yeah. the walk yeah yeah okay. and that's where we kind of stop and that's where you're gonna see like she's she's there posing with him um they got some pictures in fact i think oh that years. makes a
4: lot of sense okay because i was gonna ask you yes yeah, like you have you got like an amazing see, like you and all right so now you and donovan have both experienced this in amazing fashion right so you yeah. have nathan Philly in there yes seth green why is he always around you have like, I, I, can, I mean come, come on, on. Everyone else, you know, Dominique is it Dominique Thorne. Um, Dominique Thorne,
3: yes. I, when, I, when we saw her, I was super excited. There were a couple of people that we that were that were there talking to us, um, like, um, uh, um, the little girl in the movie. Uh, um, she was standing around us the whole time, like talking to John, having a good old time. And it wasn't until we were in the movie. I'm like, we were sitting there talking to her. I could have had her sign the, the helmet and stuff too. But like,
4: but, but my question, I guess this is my question. Cause again, I, I, this is more of a personal question. Like how do th- these people get wrangled? For you? Is, I mean, you have a bunch there's a, there's a couple different options here. Um, and I, then I want to hear the truth, like how it okay. happened because I say the same thing with Donovan, like he had so many photos and autographs and it was so, it just seems so cool. I'm kind of a naturally believe it or not an introvert. So like for me, the excuse is always media. I have to talk to people. Did, did GMA help bring people over and like, Oh, Hey, these are our nope. contest winners. Was nope. it just beyond being adorable and, and people coming over and like, Oh, look at you. Or was it like, Did you grab them or did they just stop and say, hey, like, were they stopping? Like, I'm just trying to picture this in my mind because it's so cool, like, seeing this. And I'm just trying to figure out how this all came together.
3: Okay. So let me be very honest with you. It was, it was, it was absolutely like, like we were kind of left to the wolves after we kind of talked to GMA, we kind of walked on the way. Now there's, uh, if you see the, the one bottom, like in the middle where it's got rocket and groups posters, um, like we were off. So I kind of stuck with straw hat for a little bit and coy, um and then of course that's when i got to you know um kind of like run into different people and um i'm forgetting his name i'm forgetting his name for right now i don't know why i think it's stage fright um <laughs> stage what's his name deadpool creator oh rob liefeld yeah rob liefeld I was just like rob yeah because like because 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 like they're all they've got people in common and so they were just talking i walked up and i'm like um Stray was just like, hey, let's get a picture together, and I'm like, oh, cool. So we did this, and then I talked to him for a few minutes, and and then there, there. Once you get past the line of where there's like photography and stuff and all these posters, there's the hall of the, the the costumes, and that's where kind of people would just kind of like hung out and milled around and did stuff. And so we we literally um, just stood there, and I had to to muster up the 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 intestinal fortitude to walk up to these people
2: Good and be like hey seth
3: green i love your work you know for you. and so we did that and of course jonathan was 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 fantastic because he was the the kind of the catalyst because people were looking at him and like oh he's so cute um i mean like you can see let me get here um uh, this you see on the bottom right hand corner like like james gunn loved him Um, So did Michael Rooker. Uh, John John was more excited about Michael Rooker than James Gunn um, because he's, he's obsessed with Yondu. And so, and so like, he looked at me, he goes, dad, is that Yondu? And I'm like, yeah. And so he walked up. He was like, I love love Yondu. Um, The only, the only problem we, we, we kind of ran into, and this is when I kind of decided I just want to enjoy the evening to stop was after the movie was over they had, you know, the food and everything at the after party, and there was the table that were obviously for the cast and crew. And so I walked up to Karen Gillan and was super nervous because people were like walking up and talking to her. We got a picture with her, and she signed the Star Lord helmet. And then somebody that was, I guess, somebody with Disney walked up to me and said, "Don't ask for any more signatures." And I was like, "Oh, okay, no, no problem, thanks, and wow. bye." <laughs> and just <laughs> like
4: wow. we kind of
3: went out, got the got the souvenir cups, and then John cut the dance floor. So.
4: I will say this, and then, then we, we can bring um, our guest on. But I, yeah. I want to say, who's in, waiting in the green right now, but I want to say this. Like, for everyone out there that's watching, right? And I, I say this from experience, <laughs> uh, getting personal. I think we a lot of us have experienced it where we want to say something, whether we're a fan or we see someone, and not in a gushy, annoying way, right? Like, And you don't do it because you kind of, like, you know, you, you chicken out or you don't do it. And you're like, oh, I wish later on, like, how do you feel now looking back at this, these memories and this experience, knowing that you did muster up the courage to go up to, you know, like someone like James Gunn, like people like, again, it's not a celebrity thing. It's more of a, you're a fan of their work. You have these experiences, you experienced it with your son, which is even more amazing. How do you feel now? Because I feel like that's a lesson for people to be like, hey, if it's a genuine Take take that chance. It's going to be worth it later on.
3: I'll be honest with you. I think one of the things was like, first of all, they're normal people. Like we 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 give we give celebrities sometimes this this higher in my yes, there are some people that act like jerks, um, but I will be honest with you, the the Marvel like celebrities are very kind people, um, and I had fantastic like situation like like interactions with them, um, and I appreciated them. And you know if you if you, I would just say respect them. Mm-hmm. and and understand that some people may not want to have that engagement and so let them yeah. not have it. You know I I, I I regret it like I didn't I didn't know that, I didn't know that Amon Valani was there. I didn't get that opportunity. You know, there's a couple of people. I'm so glad I got Dominique. you know I, I was able to meet Dominique Thorne. like just some people that I was just super excited to meet. Um, but you go there just there there are two different styles of it and I would say it this way if you ever get a chance to go to a red carpet, whether you're a content creator or you get to go invited like I was, um, be respectful because this is not about you. Oh yeah. It's about the hard work that these, this team has done. And when I realized that, that it was, it was very much, these people are celebrating the accomplishment of a job well done and they don't need to be bombarded. They don't need to be, you know, annoyed, but at the same time, like they, they were, they were very kind. And of course, nobody had a problem talking to John. So it but also, it... I'm
4: sure they also appreciate, they appreciate the, the, the fact that you're a fan, right? And they, well, know. Th- th- here's the
3: thing though, because yeah. of how we were invited, we weren't in the fan pen. So they didn't really necessarily know immediately that we were fans. They were, there, there was a point where they were wondering if we were part of the industry. Uh, like okay. I think the the, the, the one that I was proudest of the they most was
4: John was in the movie.
3: <laughs> I was, well, it was funny though, because like, okay, so Peter Saffron was there. He was, he was right off the cusp of, of CinemaCon. you know, the high of, you know, he did the flash preview. Um, he's there supporting his partner, you know, James Gunn And like, he was just gushing about him. And I, I, I went to him as a fan, but also I went to him at, trying to represent nerd initiative and be like, listen, you know, my name is Tony. I'm I'm the founder. I'm one of the founders of Nerd Initiative. Um, we are super excited about what you guys have the potential to do at DC Studios. You know, I gave him my card, and I just you know we were talking, and he's like, he goes, um, you know, are you were you? He's like, you look familiar. Were you at CinemaCon? I'm like, I was there. Like, Go no, but you know, so I gave him my card, and we were talking, and just knowing how excited he was, and he's 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 very much uh, a fan of James Gunn and you can kind of tell where the the, the i hate to say it this way the hierarchy of power is but it's more of i think like james Gunn is going to be the creative head
0: yeah and
3: yeah. and peter's going to do what he does best and i just got i just got really good vibes from that so i would just say walk in there go there with the confidence that you have the right to be there as a fan but also be respectful to understand that this is not about you that, that makes sense
4: yeah, yeah, yeah. So great. Um,
3: so we've got we've got a guest, and we've made him wait. I hate I hate doing that. So um, we're gonna go ahead and um, bring our guest in because he's gonna talk about um, what's interesting to him. And let's go ahead and get him on.
4: And now he's cosplaying as Mr. as Drax <laughs> or John Cena. Yeah.
3: So yeah. So he's not,
4: he's not. That is honestly, you couldn't have planned that better. I love it actually. Uh, um, yeah. first of all, I love that teaser you did. So we have to he's, do that every single time we have people along. Cause I think that is. he
3: didn't get to see it. I feel like we need to do it again now that he can see it. Hey, <laughs> you missed the teaser. Of, of you, you missed your teaser.
4: It's your own scissor reel.
3: I missed my teaser. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have
1: to pull it back up later.
3: Yeah, but um, yeah. So, so Nelly the Genie, aka uh, Arkham Knight, on TikTok. Welcome. Um, it's not the first time you've been on the Nerd Initiative channel. We uh, we we interviewed you at C two E two. I believe JJ did. And yes. Um, dude, let me just say, like, first of all, thank you for doing this. Oh, um, of course, but, absolutely. Thank, but, thank you
1: for having me. It's truly an honor.
3: Yeah, but. Like amazing cosplay, amazing cosplay that you could do. And it's always, there's always something unique to it. And let me ask you, what, what kind of got you started wanting to do that? Um, well, I mean, in terms of cosplay in
1: general, it, it all started, uh, when I went to my first con in 2014, that was a graduation present. And I kind of got the gist of, you know, people who actually went to these things and suited up. As if, you know, they were actually doing this, you know, it was basically like Halloween for grownups, but it was like, it was more than just a hobby. So when I first went, um, I was kind of a noob at it, obviously. So when, when you're first doing this thing, what do you do? You, you pull something out of the closet. You know what I mean? And then um, at the time, uh, I, I shaved my head a lot. I didn't have any hair. So I just worked with, I played to my strengths, you know, African-American, bald. What do I have in my closet? Okay. I got an overcoat. Um, uh, I have an eye patch. I pulled Nick Fury and there it was. And then from there, I just really wanted to expand and do something, you know, that could work to my strengths, work to, you know, trying to do something a little different. You know, next thing I know, I'm doing Deadshot uh, from 2016 uh, Suicide Squad. Next thing I know, I'm doing Batman Beyond. And then each year, I always just wanted to expand a little more and, you know, maybe if possible, put a unique twist on something, you know, just make sure that, you know, when, when you obviously doing cosplay, there's a lot of fun and a lot of danger with it, especially if you're, you know, ethnically inclined to do something that people are just automatically going to put you in a bubble, mm. you know, unless you're wearing the Spider-Man mask, they're automatically thinking you're Miles Morales, mm. you know what I mean? Mm. Or, they say see, you should have done this instead of doing that, but I like that anyway or you know just that sort of thing but I think the thing that could have happened to me in terms of creativity was the pandemic for sure because Mm. it gave me time to think it gave me time to explore my options and then of course it gave me time to get on TikTok to see what's going on and see where I can you know do some different things because the first thing that popped up on my screen were A whole bunch of cosplays. I did not think that that many people in the world cosplayed, but then I also have to remember it's becoming a little more mainstream. You know what I mean? So I'm like, okay, unique is going to be the name of the game. You know, what can I do that nobody else has done, or at least that I haven't seen somebody else do? So the first thing that I wanted to do is sort of expand my palette. Let me see what I can do with, you know, different cosplays that. You know, it would be the same guys, the same motif, but it would be unique to me. So, one I've always wanted to do was Thor. So, when I did Mm -hmm. Thor, I'm like, okay, what do I want to do? I see everybody's doing Infinity War or Endgame. That's really popular right now. So, let's break away from that. But how do we go further beyond that? Well, not a lot of people liked the Dark World, but that was a really, really good outfit that he had with the gold and silver. And then I was like, okay, how do I go further than that? I can't just slap on a a blonde wig and then just go to Party City and grab a hammer and then just work it. I'm going to get eaten alive on this app. And I'm thinking, okay, if I were to do Thor and have that sort of thing, it would have to be dreads. It would have to be like a strawberry blonde and instead of like a twist, That that, Like the little twist uh, Asgardian thing that he has in his hair. I'm like, let me do gold. Because it matches the gold that he has in the outfit. Mm -hmm. So I went for it. I got on. And um, if actually I can backtrack to before that, when I was beginning to climb, I had to restart my page when I got to 17.4K because I got hacked. So Uh... I'm literally starting from scratch to try to figure out how I'm going to make this work. And... Thor was a was a stepping stone, you know. The more people started to, you know, find me again, they're like, "Oh, okay, good, he's back," and they really liked the creativity. They really liked how I was going for, like, the cosplay it was a little different. And the best part was, you know, if somebody had something to say about the cosplay, you know, racially inclined, I didn't have to say anything. Somebody did it for me, mm. so that was really gratifying. That was a lot of fun to have, you know. Somebody else just you know, jumped on this, said, you know, cosplay is for everybody. He can do whatever he wants. Plus, he looks way better in it. I didn't expect to see that kind of comment. And I think to myself, okay, where do I move on from here? I just kept it going. Um, You know, next thing I know, I'm getting a Spidey cosplay that I haven't seen a print for that anybody else wore. You know, I was originally just going to get, you know, like the Superior outfit, but mm-hmm. then I saw a design that was like, really cool that was reminiscent of Superior, but It's not quite what it is. Like to this day, I still don't know what that design is, by the way. (laughs) Um, But that's, and and that's the beauty of having a Spidey suit. Whatever suit you get, it's got to be unique to you because that's the whole point of being, you know, Spider Man in this day and age that anybody can wear the mask. So I went with that. I got that going. And then I decided okay. I've done pretty much all of my essentials with the exception of Batman, which was a recent one this year. And I was having all kinds of burnout with my ideas. I'm like, where am I going to go? What's a good closet cosplay? What's something that I could do that would be fun? What's something that I could do that would be different? And I was just dragging and dragging. And it just it just was not working. And then one day at my job, because I work at Amazon, so obviously we we have a lot of boxes. And it feels like <laughs> after a certain amount of time after you're working you feel like the walls are closing in let's just say uh or the boxes rather (laughs) um and then we had a pile up at the end of the assembly line and out of the one of the boxes that broke was a optimus prime uh helmet Mm -hmm. from hasbro it came from the last night and i thought to myself wait a minute why didn't I think of that before? Optimus is my favorite character. I, I I have a serious love for Transformers that I have not expanded upon in terms of making an outfit. But then I also had to remember after I had my little, you know, light shine down. Oh, my God, this is it moment. Most people who do that cosplay usually do like big builds. Like, you know, they do like stilts. They do like some sort of, you know, giant cardboard setup. They use EVA foam. This was way out of my depth. So I think to myself I'm going to do the next best thing. Most times in the Transformers uh lore most people decide to either do fan art of them as humans or they uh work with some of the you know canon stuff which is they have holoforms where basically they take human forms in their vehicle and mo- in, in their vehicle mode to sort of blend more into disguise and I'm like okay well why don't we push that boundary further? What happens if the Autobots and Decepticons actually took on human forms, not just holograms, just just living, breathing bodies, you know, that could bleed. It would still be Energon that they bleed, but they're these are this is flesh and blood that they're looking at. And we've seen that in some cartoons, but you know, you know, never like hands on. And mind you, let me just go on record for saying, just so people know for the record, there have been plenty, and I mean plenty of people on TikTok who have done this long before I have in terms of you know what they what we call human formers who have you know basically taken these characters and made them like flesh and blood as opposed to making them robots but all the same like I like I said I just wanted to work with unique I wanted to work with different and I decided okay what elements can I implement into someone like Optimus Prime you know just that sort of you know, elderly resistance leader type, you know, he's like the underdog, you know, he would have a sort of cool sense about him, but there would be a sort of, you know, integrity and gravitas to him that made him feel like, okay, he's like the really cool uncle you have, you know, telling you a story or like the elderly type is just like, okay, he's old-ish, but he's still young enough to pretty much whip somebody if he really needed to. And that was Optimus's whole thing. So I decided, okay, let me look online at looking some fan art, and then let me look at just like the color scheme, the motifs that he has. And then, of course, how does he sound if he was, you know, would be looking at, like if he was human? So I'm like, OK, well, obviously, he'd be rocking like a red leather jacket as a resistance leader, you know. <laughs> and then, of course, it would have the Autobot patches. And then, of course, being that it's not an official resistance, the only thing official on the uh, jacket would be the patches. But if he was painting like an Autobot logo on the back and then painting the flames just to give homage to like the films. And then everything else in between, because the whole point of this cosplay was to give an homage to like each Optimus as there's been hmm. uh, over the years. Over, Lord help me, I can't believe it. Next year will be 40 years, by the way. 40 years of Transformers. That's crazy to think. Um,
4: but I've yeah, been a I, that I movie over and over again when I was like really young.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's I still have that VHS courtesy of my mother. <laughs> that's a good movie. It is a good movie makes me all the more excited for this new one coming up which oh god mr Marvelette, i hope hasbro reaches out to me and gives me the treatment that they gave you man (laughs) either hasbro or paramount or one of the two i just want to get out there so bad to do this thing
3: like like, i'll be honest with you like i I, there there are some there are some cosplayers that i think of that okay like hellspawn got to do uh the 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 dc shazam because yeah, of course hawkman Hawk was Man. in there he dressed up like hawkman he was there in new york i when i think of transformers i think of you
1: oh that means everything dude
3: <laughs> and it's it's like see i wasn't i wasn't as diehard of a transformers fan as a kid but it was always when i heard people talking about it i got it excited and like i i loved how you like even like the lip syncing when you do like the, like the the videos where you're really like kind of like acting it out, like that's that's always so much fun to watch.
1: Is it really? I I that means everything, dude. Because obviously, when it comes to the app, I saw you way probably way before you saw me. So that really means everything. In between you, Straw Hat, Jay Stubes, and a, 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 a couple others, I'm like, okay, this is gonna be my feed now. This is what I'm gonna be looking at when I'm gonna be on the app. Okay, like this is what I got got everything i need for movies cosplay and you know everything just nerd fandom for me i'm like okay i'm in a happy place on this app i don't have to worry about the other side of the app where you know somehow younger less inclined to get views somehow get all the views you know what i mean so but yeah i i've always been a big fan of the page so to hear that um I'm the first person that you think of for that. means everything, especially in hindsight, because when I first put Optimus out, I I went in with the George Lucas effect. You know, I didn't I didn't have the intention of making a really big hit cosplay. I just really wanted it to work. I really wanted it to be something that looks good, and worst comes to worst, at the end of it all, if it gets no views, I'll at least have a cool cosplay that I had in the back of my mind that I brought into fruition and a really badass jacket that I could just put in the closet you know what I mean <laughs> next thing I know I put it out there my phones blew up with messages uh just just how many people thought it was great how much they love the character you know how much it brought fans to a place where they're just like oh my god this is how he would look if he was human I, I never thought that they would say that I never thought that them would take me in and call me a canon version of what Optimus would look like as, as a human you know i'm i've getting i've gotten messages i've gotten fan art i've gotten people that were brought to tears i've gotten i, I couldn't even tell you how many times people actually were at um conventions specifically etf con or bot con where after the momentum built on tiktok they got to meet me in person and they were nervous as if i was like you know straw hat <laughs> you know what i mean And I think to myself, oh my god, I I must have really done something, and it would have been on one of two. We went to New York
3: Comic Con, and it was like I saw you, you, Dimitri, Dimitri and and Straw Hat together, together. and I'm thinking like like, this is like the peak of like three different fandoms, and I'm I'm sitting there like not even thinking that you were following me. I was just super excited to meet you because I watched watched your videos, videos, and I was was, I was standing out. Dealing with absolutely
1: mutual. I'm like, wait a minute, that's not. I can't. It's not okay. (laughs) Because, I mean, when it came down to it, it was just by whims of chance and partying when it came down to just meeting those two. I, I was the Charlie Bucket of the group. I'm just happy to be there. You know, they got way more followers than me. And I'm just happy to just be chilling with them as if we're like cousins from, you know, different parts of the world or something. I mean, meeting Straw Hat, I got lucky there with just the idea of meeting him the year prior after seeing him on TikTok you know, applauding him, singing his praises and, you know, having to, you know, get up off my knees and having, with the whole Genuflect thing. And, and then, um, I told him just like, you should look for me next day. I'm going to be in, uh, uh T'Challa's Star-Lord. And he's just like, that quick? The show literally just came out. I'm like, bro, I've been planning this as soon as they announced it. And he's just like, I got to see this to believe it. So, the next day, I get on And I shout him out in the crowd, like, Straw Hat, check it! He's just like, oh my god, he did it! And then we just run up to each other, we just get, like, the biggest bro. (laughs) And we chilled that night um, with a couple of other, you know, crazy high-up mark influencers, partiers, and then, you know, we've just been talking ever since. Now, mind you, I'm sure you know more than anybody, he doesn't like to pick up his phone, so it's not like I'm texting him on the regular. But... It's still cool every so often to just get like the occasional message, like you're gonna be here, or you're gonna be here, or when are we chilling in Chicago, that sort of thing. So you know, having him yeah. on you know, the back burner as you know one of those good friends that you have, you know, just to between him and Dimitri, oh, it's cloud nine. Every time I go to New York, it's gonna be amazing. It's gonna be fun. And now that I know you're, yeah, you guys are gonna be there, it's definitely gonna be loads of fun. So it makes it all the more exciting, especially with new cosplays that I hopefully get to bring
4: the table so yeah absolutely it's, it's it's so much fun and you mentioned um earlier you know and you're so humble about it but it's, it's an art form that you do and you do it you know incredibly well and at the top of your game you mentioned fans I obviously the, being brought to i tears. appreciate
1: that but at the, at the <laughs> present moment it's what i do to keep my sanity i'll just put it that way
4: that's fair <laughs> That's very fair. I mean, we all need a creative outlet, right? So Yes, I think, yes we do. But having fans come up to you and, and, you know, one, being a little starstruck, but two, also what it means to them, you know, the tears and the emotion and what they, you know, whatever that you, what they love, whether it's Transformers or Spider-Man or Thor. I mean, the list goes on and on because you have so many amazing um, art forms that you have in, in different cosplays what does that mean to you, the impact you're making on people, right? Like, I think that is, that's, I, I just, I, I love hearing that because it means, like, someone's putting a positive influence out there with their creativity and their art. that has got to be re- incredibly rewarding.
1: It's very rewarding, in fact. You know, I, I never set out to be that kind of impactful figure. I still don't consider myself that. I am glad that Optimus and Megatron got the response of- that they did. And I'm forever grateful for having that on my platform, no matter how much um, TikTok kind of wants to funnel me with that algorithm where only those get the views. Um, but, I mean, it's what I akin to what we wanted as kids but could never get. You know, actually, flesh and blood meeting these characters when we bring them to life, That, that I mean, that's like the peak payoff reason and true joy of bringing the cosplays. Like, we we never outgrow that sort of childlike feeling of, okay, Lord knows, I wish I could meet Mickey Mouse or I really want to meet uh, Bugs Bunny or those characters that we would see on TV, the characters we would read about. Like, Wouldn't it be great if we could actually meet them in person? Because the, po- the closest we can get to get them in Flesh and Blood is seeing them in movies. And half the time, there's a lot of cheating them with it, you know, movie magic, you know, CGI, you know, everything, you know, move like that. So to be able to crouch down in a spidey pose and bring that sort of character to life to a kid, you know, to see them suspend their disbelief, it's something we never really had as kids. You know, something like that. That's, that's great for, you know, any cosplayer, you know, just to see that joy brought in the kid's face when they, you know, see their character in front of them for the first time. Specifically with Optimus though, especially for a lot of 80s kids, you know, Optimus was pretty much everything. He was a mentor, he was a father figure, he was a best friend, he was pretty much everything you could ask for in a character that's lasted as long as he's lasted. And especially in the Transformers fandom, comfort character. You know, to, you know have a comfort character actually come be something flesh and blood because as much as you love seeing the robot, you could never imagine him as a human that could just hug you, tell you that everything is going to be great, that you're doing great with life, that it's going to be okay, that pick an answer. So, so it means everything to me that not only did the fans accept it, but that it's a positive thing that I'm having, you know, to just go to these cons, you know, have the kids touch the helmet if they look scared, but, you know the sort of illusion that brings just from, like, the subtle details, like the LEDs in the suit, you know, they make it look otherworldly. The, the the anime contacts that give, like, the white eye effect and make him look like, you know, he's from another planet. You know, there's certain little subtle things that you add to it that make a really big difference. And, and those things end up traveling really far. You know, mm. it, I'm thoroughly surprised that, like, I've gotten kids... Who love Spider Man, but when they meet him in person, they start crying because they don't really know how to act. Most probably, mostly because there's no face there. But the one I'm, nobody's gotten scared of yet is Megatron. Nobody has, and, and you know, between the prosthetic teeth, you know, the beaming eyes, and you know, just the scary warlord motif that he has. Yeah, you know. Nobody's gotten scared of them. They, they have questions. They ask many a time, uh, you know, how I brought it together. What were my influences? How, do you, how did you ever think to do Megatron this way? But not once has anybody cried out of fear. They've always cried out of joy, you know. It's gratifying to see that they really like the character. you know, interpretation because you bring different elements to it that nobody can really argue with. They're just like, oh, okay, that works, that works. Like, I, naturally, the most gratifying moments for me with these particular characters is when I got the seal of approval from Peter Cullen, the voice of Optimus Prime. Oh. <laughs> and Baldwin, the I've seen them both twice in the same year, separately and then together. And they both loved uh, the plays. They had questions. Um, they would been asked Oh. How did I set up? Come up with the idea for like certain pieces, you know, what elements were brought in from like movies, games, uh, things like that. There's actually a funny story about Frank Welker, as a matter of fact, um, where basically I was at Botcon in uh, Nashville, and Frank Welker was the guest of honor. So I go, and then I bust out. I started off with what I was going to be recognized with for the most, because that was the Baton was the first time I brought out Megatron, but I'd done Optimus at the con before. So, you know, by then, I suppose word gotten out, and it's a singular fandom. That's, huh, I guess that's like the saving grace of that. It's like one fandom into one. So everybody, or most people, should recognize you. I'm like, okay, well, let's see how this goes. So I'm in line with some uh, fans turned comrades that were asking questions, and we're, we're, we're going back and forth. I'm like, okay, so what do you think about this series? Or, Uh, which Star Screamers do you think is the best? Or do you think that the next con they're going to bring this person, this person, and this person? Things like that. So I'm just with them chilling, killing time, and waiting for them to get their uh, um, autograph from Frank Walker. So so we're just sitting, and ironically enough, there was literally a bathroom in the line, and I'm like, okay, I'm just going to step in here, and then step out, and I'm going to be right back where I was in the first place, so nothing's changed. So I go in, I use the bathroom, I come out, and here comes Frank and his handler with my blinding lights flashing him in the face, and he's just like, "Wow, interesting." Are you are you gonna be here? I'm like, "Yeah, absolutely." He's just like, "You're gonna have to come back around." I gotta see this. I'm like, "Thank you." the other one you're going to like the most. He's like, oh, really? I'm like, I'll, I'll leave that for a surprise. It's like, well, okay. I'll, I'm looking, looking forward to seeing it. So, um, the next day, Megatron is making his de- debut, because um, it's, it's on a Saturday, and no matter what con you go to, big, small, or different, Saturday's the debut day. So you bring your that wall up. I consider Megatron not only a debut, but like a really decent sized wall up. So I wanted to do that. So I go to that same bathroom, because there's a lot that's implied, you know, between the hair, the makeup, the teeth, and, you know, you got to fix a lot of stuff because Megatron requires just a tad bit more than Optimus. So here I'm looking in the mirror trying to fix everything, make sure that the contacts are adjusted, because it's going to be a long day with these contacts in. And then I look at the corner of the mirror, and then here comes Frank the again! <laughs> the very next day, I'm like, no, no way! <laughs> this, this is, I... <laughs> Hi! And he says, hello, Uh so this is the second one you were talking about, right? And I'm like, yep, this is no, 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 run. And he loved it, and he says, "You know what? Just thinking, I'm gonna handle my business, Are you, you're 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 good to stay for a second. For are you? I'm like, are you, absolutely, absolutely? I'm good to stay." For <laughs> and handle looks at me and he says, "You're a really proficient stalker, or you're the luckiest fan I've ever met on the planet. <laughs> like, I'm I'm inclined to pick the second one." I, I hope. <laughs> and um, so after he, you know, comes out, we asks questions about, you know, the hair, the, you know, the teeth, you know, the prosthetics, like how I really wanted to, you know, make sure that we could incorporate the whole bucket head look, but without putting on a bucket for Megatron, because I felt that that was like, okay, if I'm gonna do this, how am I gonna do this and make him look human without, you know, taking apart a Darth Vader helmet? You know what I mean? So. I, I gave him, like, all of the instructions on how I uh, basically put it together. I told him all the influences between, you know, the movies, G1, the video games, and then, of course, um, uh, the Transformers Prime cartoon, because that was my favorite version of Megatron uh, up until the films or, you know, the original G1 cartoon. And I'm thinking to myself, you know what? That should be the blueprint. That's, that's the most intimidating I've ever seen Megatron look. You know, without making him look like, you know, he's a twisted up Pepsi can. So um, I uh, went with that. He thought it was like right down to the uh, uh, fusion cannon. And I had no choice but to show him some of my TikToks that I did as Megatron. Um, And he thought it was phenomenal. He loved it. And then, of course, I purchased a picture that day. So I had to meet him for the picture. And then he had a Q&A that day to, uh, um, when he was talking about everything that was going on. And I went up, and I was the last, last question for the Q&A. And he says, oh, look who it is! It's good to
3: see you again!
1: I am like, yeah, it's good to see me again. was good to see you, too. And he says, there's actually a funny story about this guy. Do you want to tell him or should I? I'm like, you know what? You tell it. He
3: says, okay. So every time I went to the bathroom... <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Yeah, that, that sounds awkward.
1: <laughs> oh, it was great. He, and funny enough, at the convention that he came, that I met him at the second time that year, I'm surprised to find out that he actually remembered me. Apparently, I'm that one fan. He's not forgetting at all. So I felt very validated by that.
3: And It's so unique. It's it's so different. And, like, It never happened again. in years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah but you you gotta remember like like they'll remember you like obviously but also like the way you the way you like interact and the way you hold yourself it 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 is different and i think that's one of the cool things i always loved about cosplayers because you you guys you guys were i I tried it once and i'll i don't know if i'll ever do it again um don't say
1: that but i said the same thing that you said
3: when i let me tell you something we were talking we were talking 2010 was the last time i tried to do cosplay okay um my first, my first, I did. Where I did is that Dooms- photo? You
4: said it was. Was it Drax that you were? You no, did?
3: Doomsday. Doomsday hold, okay. hold on a second. Actually, I can probably. Um, yeah. So, and unfortunately, it's on the internet forever. So. Um, well, no, I have to see this now.
4: When I find it, I'm. I know. I, I'm dying to see it too. Because.
3: No, no. I just downloaded the- this. Give me a second here. I'm trying to do dark side. Yeah. Keep talking. I'll find it. I'll find it. Just take me a second.
4: Yeah, no, no, absolutely. I mean, I was going to say, I mean I'm not surprised that he remembered you or that you stood out to him because again, I think it's one thing to emulate what, you know, all creatives and artists are putting out there, right? Emulate it. It's another thing to move it forward, right? Move it one step forward and add your own spin. And I think from their perspective, it's kind of amazing to see their craft being you know be be tweaked in that way um and advanced in that way and i, I can i can only imagine that, that that when these whether it's voice actors or actors or even the creatives behind the you know the the outfits or the animation or whatever I'm sure they're they're tickled to kind of see this kind of thing. It's it's got to be like a high in their their lives to see you know what I, people take.
1: I cynically, you're going with the grain of salt, knowing that a lot of these guys, you know, are very high up in the mark when it comes to Hollywood, especially the voice actors who've had like a long line compared to like the big Hollywood actors because they've been doing it a long, long for some like the like the really big ones have been up there. So you think to yourself, okay, I'm probably not the first or last impressive cosplay that they've seen so it'll just be another nice, like, nice little mark that they keep but then next thing you know you get a situation like what happened with Frank and then of course meeting Peter Cullen, and then he brings you to the brink of tears saying that this should be like a profession for you <laughs> if it was mm-hmm. that simple but for him to say it, it meant everything to having people like Susan Blue who voiced RC in the original cartoon she had questions about it. She loved it. She wanted her own personal picture. Um, David Kaye, um, who did uh, uh, Megatron and Beast Wars, as well as Optimus Prime in the Animated Theory. You know, he has questions about it. He wants to sit there. next thing you know, um, uh, he's thinking, he's asking you, are you doing any others? And he wants to put in his two cents about what to do. And I'm like, really? You're some my He was like, absolutely. I, and you know what? I asked him too because, um, outside of like the regular, you know, Transformers set, I was thinking about doing Beast Wars, and I figured the first one I would ever do would be Megatron from Beast Wars. And I was thinking, okay, so how do I do this? If I were to do this, do you have any? Do you have any suggestions, or like, do you have any two cents to put in? And he said, "Well, actually, this motif you was is perfect. I would just probably incorporate a lot of uh." Like lizard skin, like croc skin, because he's, a, you know, he's a dinosaur in series. You think maybe get that purple, and then see where you go from there. But I think that's the only two cents that I could put in. And I said yes, yeah, yes, and he said yes. I said yes, and he says yes. Yeah. <laughs> we have a yes like <laughs> Megatron and Megatron. We have a yes top and it's great. It was so oh. fun. You know, it's simple things like that that just make you realize, hey, if I could do this and get paid for it. I wouldn't be working a day in my life.
4: Mm.
3: Yeah. Okay. I have the I have the the picture.
4: Okay, I gotta see this. I need this. Oh man! <laughs> <laughs>
3: First time two- and and never, never again. That's pretty good. No, let's pull that back up. Hold on, hold on. Because <laughs> pretty good. That's
1: not bad. The profession back then is nowhere near what it is today so if you had started them with doomsday i can guarantee you by now you would have made something immaculate like like better than what we got on small and sure as hell better than what we
3: got on a uh, batman v. superman oh man <laughs> Well, I, it was funny though, because like I'm sitting there, uh, my mom had just been going through hip replacement and so I was not working you know taking care of her. And so when I wasn't taking care of her, I was like thinking things out. I was trying to do prosthetics on the eyes and then I finally gave up and made my own mask. Um, it's hilarious like and and the, the way I did it i I bought latex from I bought like liquid latex and I had a CSI. Crime scene, like you know, how like they do where they they take a a skull and they make it into a face, right? Like, I used that and did the base of it, and then I covered it in latex. That's how I made my mask. And just oh my goodness, like, it was so so weird. Like, that I
1: would love to incorporate because, like, there are certain things I'm just now breaking out of in terms of trying to make a proper setup for like these characters. Like, had I known how to do prosthetics like two years ago. There's characters that I would have loved to do, but I've just now started breaking into it. Like I think like the furthest I've gone in terms of something like that um, was Hades from, from Hercules. And mm-hmm.
3: okay.
1: what I did there was, okay, how do I make this look good, real enough, but not way too cartoony
3: to the point where it's not me under there? So, all I did was get it- almost like we should have like a guy like John Caglione talk. I to was him. just
4: thinking that.
3: <laughs> you, so, know, you know, John Caglione, right? I do. Yeah, we So, ended so have a yeah.
4: Follow up conversation because we're friends with him. We ended up having a follow up conversation.
3: Really? With
4: him. Yeah. So he is currently doing. Well, I think he's on a movie movie set now, but he's also currently, and this will be a good plug for him. Uh, he's doing a master class where he's really going over all the things that he's learned in his career, you know, 20, 30 years and okay. iconic work he's done. And so we've we've done a lot of stuff with him. Uh, we took him to New York Comic-Con last year. It was his first con ever.
3: And he interviewed Straw Hat. Like, like he had a full-fledged, like, movie yeah. conversation with him. It was, it was amazing. Okay. I wish I would have gotten the chance. Yeah, no, I've seen his stuff interesting oh yeah i mean like i mean like heath the heath ledger joker is iconic like his he won his oscar for dick tracy i mean like you talk about like making something look realistic without being too cartoony like that's the guy
1: absolutely like i'd say i put him right up there with um guys like i guess my favorite two aside from him would probably be like guys like stan winston or rick baker you know like that's like a pantheon of guys who are perfect with prosthetics and, like, imagineering in terms of, like, doing that, like, making it look realistic. I'm nowhere near that level. But for something as simple as, like, a Disney drawing, I it worked for what I had going on. So, you know, I was really happy with how that did. But if I could get, like, a prompt tutorial from somebody how to do it, by Halloween this year, and do my version of the Joker, like, like elongated chin, you know, pointed nose, I really want to try to evoke, like, a Mark Hamill Joker from, like, like, you know, Batman the Animated or the new Batman Adventures. You know. I feel like just to break the mold and scare some people. I want to sort of do that, you know, Animaniac Joker that we got from the new Batman Adventures. You know, the redesign where there's like no red lips. It's just beady white, uh, beady black eyes with like the white people. I want to try to pull off that look.
4: That's a collaboration we can make happen, and we're and mark my words, we're going to make that happen. For I think it's it, a great thing to do. The time to do it would be this year for New York Comic Con to kind of have him consult, help out, and because again, I think it would be an amazing collab, and I think he'd be happy to do it. And I also think, uh, yeah, I mean, we got to make that happen. That I'm, ex- I'm I'm so excited make
1: that happen. Oh yeah, I be so grateful that'd be so cool.
3: Oh yeah. Oh my god, that'd be so
1: but yeah, see and and that on its own feeds right back into what I wanted to you know was talking about earlier. Just something unique has to make you know, you know, just has to fit me. So basically this thing is just like, okay, okay. I know who did that, that was Arkham Knight. So, you know, you push forward with that. Like even with new transformers that I'm making now, like this I'm trying to make now, like my next big projects that I'm trying to do is, if you guys saw, uh, Dark of the Moon, I'm trying to do Sentinel Prime, the one that Leonard mm. And it's meant to have like the same motif as often. It's just a little older, you know. Instead of like a short leather j- jacket, it's gonna be like a long coat leather jacket, you know. Mm. And the plan is to use Thanos with long sword from Infinity War. So it's pretty much the same sword, so yeah, it's incorporate that. You know things like that. Little, like I was saying, little subtle pieces here and there make a big difference and sort of bring that character out. So, yeah, if I could, if I could expand that palette with facial prosthetics with a big hitter, that would be so cool. <laughs>
4: you gotta go. I mean, I think you were talking about it, and I. So I have a page from the original from Batman One. So hold on, time for one second. Oh. Um, Go ahead and grab it. Talking about you were talking about um, the Joker with the prosthetics. You should go original Joker because um, that really is almost like the X as well. The original what Joker is like oh. so this is Batman one, and there's the original Joker right there. That would be epic with pointy nose is- and yes. This, this is from Batman one. So this is literally Joker's first- Appearance, yeah, and I, I think this is so ahead of its time for 1940 or whatever it came out. Well, um,
1: honestly, it was it was definitely a twist that we would never see coming in that time, especially with you know only certain things. Like, I took the time to actually watch, much to my you know informative experience, and slight regret. I took the time to actually watch The Man Who Laughs, who the Joker was based off of. And, you know, what they really, how it actually fits, fits into that motif. And then, of course, that really big grin that he had. And I'm like, okay, that's really interesting. You know, if I were to actually do like a Joker like that, I would have to probably do that. So I'm probably going to have to do like the Jim Carrey method and just get like some really big teeth, you know? Um, but. <laughs> Yeah, I I've, I've always loved uh, the late 30s, early 40s version of uh, the Joker from when uh, I guess I think that was the one that Jerry Robinson was drawing. Am I right?
4: Yeah, I think it was it was Jerry Robinson and Bob Kane, um, yeah. and obviously Bill Finger didn't get
1: the recognition. Right.
4: The yeah, the credit.
1: Years uh, I was giving Bob Kane praise, and then I found out that Bill's. Uh, set up was really what really happened behind it and, and it really makes me think about just how much we really don't know about the comic industry how much we think we know but we just really don't know especially because we weren't born in that time period but so yeah
4: true. so true yeah.
1: in fact um, on, um, it's funny enough I was actually revisiting a documentary the other day that reminded me of that um, so let me, let me Batman and Bill? No uh, well, further, a one way further than that. We're talking like 2003 on the History Channel. Um, it's wow. QuickBooks Superheroes Unmasked, if you remember. It was narrated by um, Keith David. And uh, it was also made as a plug to promote the nostalgic but god-awful uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen movie. But... Oh. <laughs> 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 Yes. Uh, the movie that the got movie Sean that Connery to Sean retire. Career.
4: The movie that ended Sean Connery's career. <laughs> yeah, I can tell you.
1: And um, basically, from uh, I think that was the first and only time I tuned into some... Okay, that's a lot. First and only time, but I'm actually tuned into something all the way on the History Channel. Because for, up until that point, whenever I clicked on the History Channel, it was something really scary at that age for me to watch because it was way too real, or it was just really, really boring. So to see something on comic book superheroes at the time, it was just like, okay, I'm tuning into this. I was watching it all the way. I was really intrigued to find out, you know, the timing, the switch up, what war did, what the comic code did, what the age definitely did, and what simple things like 9-11 did to, you know, just what happened to the superheroes, what kind of changes they made, and all of that. And even there, I found out that most of the shine was going over to Bill, I, I mean, uh, over to Bob Kane. Uh, more than a Bill finger. was really surprised to find that out. Obviously, most of the spotlight went to Stan Lee, but that was for different reasons, you know? So, um, yeah. But, yeah. I, I revisited that the other day and realized wow, that the bookmark, the bookend. Of that uh, special was 2003 talking about how, m- how much things had changed, revolutionized and how much they were moving into like a main- mainstream just getting started with like wow. the- becoming movies. And then I think about now and how much of and how much more, more mainstream Marvel became DC became you know screw ups or not it's still you know pretty heavy getting. Heavy- I can guarantee you they would have never thought that they would be seeing these kind of movies today. You know, it's really weird to think yeah. about.
3: Well, the studios never took the, the comic book industry seriously. Right. At any time they did it, it was like, I mean, that's why Howard the Duck, uh, George Lucas wanted Howard the Duck to be an animated, yep. uh, animated movie, and they go, no, make it live action. And that movie is the reason why we have Pixar with Disney now because you know, he put so much collateral on the line, he couldn't pay for Skywalker Ranch. He ended up having to sell Pixar to Steve Jobs. And then of course it then went to Disney. So it's like, you, you, you realize like comic books haven't done, done well until they were taken seriously. And of course, even, even like until recently with Ike Perlmutter, you know, being gone, Marvel, the whole purpose for Ike Perlmutter with Marvel was make sure it can make a toy. Like, right, that's all he cared about because Toy Biz was what saved Marvel. Right, and uh, yeah, it's it's crazy. But right. yeah, we're we're getting
1: to an I bought all the toys, so to look at it now and be like, is that really what this was all about—just making toys? But I mean, if it had Kenner, Toy Biz, or Hasbro, I, I was buying it. I had plenty of Batmobiles. I had plenty of Transformers in my closet. <laughs> so that was really the irony. But and Al was always the weird kid when it came to you know, like running rent- baby police. Maybe- And watching, I would always want to watch special features on how they made the movie. And it wasn't until I realized how ridiculous it was until I rented Batman and Robin and realized they weren't even trying to make excuses. It was really them just apologizing for everything. Heard them talk about the studio, wanting to push forward the project that they thought was rushed too quick. And Joel Schumacher said that he, for the first time had heard from, I think it was from Warner Brothers saying that it was... Had to be toyetic. It had to be something to make a toy out of, and I'm like, "Wow, that's really how it happened." And it's and moving forward in hindsight, now that I've you know took a you know a little more in depth of look at film, especially you know like big you know stakes movies like you know like a franchise like Transformers or Batman or anything like that. Well, well although Transformers is an exception to the rule because it started out as a toy first, but the characters like Spider Man, Batman, or anything you know the film was a byproduct of the toys as opposed to, you know, the toys being a byproduct of, you know, the film. And it's never supposed to work that way. Because at that point, then you're always, always going to have the stain of these actors being typecast to a role. Like, I can't imagine how bad it was for George Clooney or Schwarzenegger or even Chris O'Donnell after that movie. Like, it was just bad. You know, I, I remember... Taking a picture with Stephen Amell, I was really excited because I loved watching Arrow. And then I had that picture brought home. I had it laminated. And a friend of mine, I looked at it and was just like, you ever notice how Stephen Amell looks like what Chris O'Donnell wish he would have stayed as? And I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> I look at the I look at 90s Chris O'Donnell. And I'm like, damn, that's true. They do look alike. Oh, jeez. I'll bet you if Batman and Robin hadn't flopped, this is how Chris would have
3: stayed. Yeah. Well, I mean, like uh, I I I wanna get on to um one last thing before we wrap up here, but like just think about the toy thing. I mean if you if you consider it like even Heat Man and the Master of the Universe, like the cartoon and the comic books were made to sell the toys. Because right. they're like they made these toys and like how are we gonna sell these? Like, oh let's make let's add comic books to them. And then they made a they made the T V show. Right. And then and with, you know transformers. that's yeah. But you know, we're getting toward the you know, get to get we're we're a little bit past the hour, but you, can't have you on without asking you your opinion okay. about Rise of the Beast and what your hopes are. Now I you know before this I, I watched the trailer a couple of times, and I'll be honest with you, like I'm a little like, there's there's like this thing, like I'm not trying to sit here and like what is Michael Bay trying to do? And you've got them going back. To 1994, like what? What do you think? Like, what are your hopes uh, for this movie? Well,
1: um, a couple of things actually. First and foremost, if Unitron is here, I want Megatron to be somewhere sprinkled in, whether it's Beast Wars Megatron or our Megatron, because you know you really can't have a story including Unicron without having him there. Because um, I mentioned in one of my videos that he was like the, you know, he was like the Galactus. Uh, of the Transformers universe. Meanwhile, whoever he had a holdover, whether it be Megatron or his, you know, redo, which was Galvatron, he was his silver surfer. So it looks like they have Scourge in the movie doing that role, but I feel like he might be just a cover or if they're really you him just to keep me in place. I don't know. But all in all, which, going back to what you said, I know for certain Michael Bay doesn't have a hand in this one. He hasn't had a hand in it since the last night. He's done. And then okay. um, this new guy, I think it was uh I think John Staple Jr. or something like that or something like that. I don't know. All I know is that Travis Knight, who did the last one, which was Bumblebee. Wonderful job. I wish we had gotten a movie like what we had in the opening scene of the movie. This that should have been like the whole movie. What we just the war on Cybertron, because that, that was my favorite part. The rest of the film itself, like the Iron Giant, I loved it. It was a great movie. It made me excited to watch the next story. But with this one, it's well. First and foremost, it's a crowd. It's it's a cash grab for sure for us '90s kids. They know they won't pull it by incorporating like Beast Wars and all that. But um, more than anything else, it's meant to be a soft reboot. So basically, it's gonna count. It's gonna contradict a lot of things that we saw. Uh, in the 2007 film, more than likely. Because now we got all of a sudden, the Maximals and the you know Terracons showing up. I don't know if they're going to show the Predacons, but we definitely have Terracons showing up. And obviously, they'll have been here for some time. And Optimus looks a little reluctant to have humans joining the fight. Or just joining the fight in general. So, obviously, there's going to be a lot of character development that we're going to see. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of stuff but they're going to, you know, contradict and redo. Because, um, from what I've noticed, two uh, two specific characters that I was really surprised to see that they redid, which was Wheeljack and Rush, characters in the Michael Bay movies. Kind of bad, but they still did them. Uh, Mirage, and um, who was Dino in the Dark and the Moon movie, and then Q... It was meant to be more like the Albert Einstein type. And yes. um obviously with this one, I'm I'm still not keen on just on Wheeljack just yet, but I like what they did with Mirage. I I, I Pete Davidson has my envy and my questioning for multiple reasons. I'm not gonna dish with too much <laughs> I
4: was gonna ask about that when you were saying
1: that. <laughs> I mean, I like Pete Davidson, he's funny. I, I, I'm I still trying to understand his rizz, though. I mean, he's got to be, like, extremely funny to these women or something or other that I'm missing. Because I knew guys like that in high school, and they either got all the girls or none of the girls. There was no in between. He obviously falls into that other racket. But either way, um... It's all
4: confidence.
1: It's all confidence. It, 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 it's all confidence. I guess you're right. But no, um... No, he fits. He. I feel like he could fit the role of Mirage really well. I'm really excited to see Michelle Yeoh in the movie.
4: Um, I was gonna say that too.
1: Yeah, um, Peter Dinklage, of course, Um, and then of course, Liza as uh, RC. Well, that's interesting. Normally, she would be on Mm. red carpet for these sort of things. Now she's voicing an Autobot. Let's okay. Let's go. So, I'm 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 curious to see. I'm curiously cautious. But I'm excited nonetheless. It's It looks like a really fun ride. And the fact that they're going back to the 80s with Megatron being a, sem- a separate entity, you know, that's going to devour the planet instead of destroy the planet from the inside out. I think that's going really mm. to go back to. Um, it's potent- it has the potential to bring a lot of people back into the fandom who have sort of fallen off. Because the of Mike Bay movies, you either love them or hate them. You know, a lot of people fell off as a result of them, especially towards, like, the last two movies.
3: So, here's hoping for that. Um, If we don't get it, as long as we don't get another Witwicky reference, I think I'd be good. I mean,
1: maybe. Maybe. I mean, personally, I
3: like Sam. You know, there were certain quirks about him that, you know... I think when you got to the Witwickians, like, the whole, like, line uh, of them, and, like, last (laughs) night, I was like, oh, this is too much! Let's not do that. Although, I will say this.
1: I get that they weren't mechanics. I get that there were a lot of things that we couldn't touch in the 80s that they could with other stuff. But I will say, he could have at least had the nickname Spike. You know, that could have been something. He didn't have to have his dad name be Spark Sparkplug, but it was quite obvious they were basing his character off of Spike with Wiki in the cartoon. I'm like, he could have at least have a nickname. It's just like nobody calls that except my mom. Please, please don't call me that. I would love to see that with the show. I, I, I do hate that we. I, I get that there were creative differences with Michael Bay. I get that there were things that they had to switch up with the characters, uh, especially with Shia LaBeouf. But I really don't like that we got no resolution with what happened with Sam. All we have is a theory, which it could be wrong. I think it's probably what happened, but still, I mean, come on, really? Yeah. What what, what happened? And then just so many contradic- contradicting story plots. Just like, okay. They've been here for a while. They've worked here for a while, and then all of a sudden, now, okay, Mike, what are you doing, bud? Just, just, yeah. just, just stick to bad boy. He didn't even come back with He didn't even last bad boy's movie.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I will say though, on the wheeljack front, um, is going to be voiced by Christopher, Fernandez, who, for those that do know, Ted Lasso. Um, yes, football yes. is life. I, I, that, I mean, I think he's. He's quickly becoming, in my opinion, a rising star. So I'm excited to see what he can do. I mean, the more he does, uh, you know, Tony, he was the bartender at the end of Venom in. Um, yeah. was yeah. that No Way Home? Or was that
3: there was No Way Home.
4: Yeah. I mean, I-, I like him as an actor. He's coming up. And so that's an interesting one, too, uh, behind the scenes. Like,
3: like
1: So. Yeah. No, go ahead. Yeah, honestly, I, I, I feel, which is awesome, because that's usually how it goes with like really big budget movies you know, that end up pulling you in. And the next, you know, you're getting more roles, like what happened with Jonathan Majors. And I hope mm. he stays. God, for God's sake, I hope he stays. That man is a force of nature. So yeah, I, I hope this does something for him with this movie. And I hope that the fans don't grill him or any of them too hard because, you know, well, I mean, let's be real. 80s kids... 90s kids were never satisfied, especially when it comes to you know, Hollywood changing certain things. And the stars are usually the ones to pay for it first. So yeah. I hope that nothing too bad happens as a result of this film. It does look like a fun ride. You know, the you know, it got better with each trailer that they released. You know, it, it, it looks like the stakes are going to be ridiculously high. There's not too much shaking. You can't even see what's going on in the fight scenes. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm thoroughly
3: excited. Now, for, for those of you watching who maybe don't have a basis of Transformers or Beast Wars and why like people are even excited, Cell mm-hmm. Phone Keys has actually started something new today um, that we're going to show just now. So we're going to give us a quick break while, um, while it plays. Um, but we're going to talk about Beast Wars with Fandoms University.
2: Guys, I want to welcome you to the first episode of Fandoms University. And our topic today will be Transformers, so if you could take your seat, class can begin. Transformers Beast Wars is a computer-animated television show that ran from 1996 to 1999. Believe it or not, for its time, the animation was pretty revolutionary, but the writing, the story arcs, and the voice acting captured the hearts of new fans and satisfied fans of the original series. Beast Wars takes place 300 years after the Great War between the Autobots and the Decepticons. After signing the peace accords known as the Pax Cybertronia, the Great Upgrade program is introduced. Cybertron had been depleted of almost all energon sources, and their old bodies just weren't efficient any longer. What this really meant was a reduction in size. Some kept their old forms to help guide the new races, the Maximals, and the Predacons, and some even went as far as to erase their memories, completely reset themselves, to forget everything about the Great War. The new Maximal elders decided to keep knowledge of the Great War to a minimum, and even decided to hide away the location of Earth in fear that it could start another war. But history does have a way of repeating itself. The Predacons, formerly known as Decepticons, were treated very poorly, just like second-class citizens. And a new Megatron, named in honor of the original, became frustrated with maximum rule. This Megatron plans to steal the Golden Disk. Yes, that Golden Disk. Which gives tons of information on Earth, including its location, and he hopes to get there to collect enough energon to build a great Predacon army to come back and reclaim Cybertron. As Megatron's renegade Predacons leave for Earth, they are pursued by a group of Maximals. In the ensuing battle between the two factions, in transwarp space, the two ships are spit out back in time to a primitive Earth. But after the arc of the Autobots and the nemesis of the Decepticons have already crash-landed there, and so begins the Beast Wars. It has begun! With both of their ships out of commission and no way to get home, they are stuck in a battle of survival on this new planet. Energon is so abundant here that it is poisonous to them, and they have to take on new organic forms or shells to protect themselves. Most of the show revolves around the two factions trying to grow their numbers by chasing down crashed stasis pods with protoforms in them they can be programmed to Maximals or Predacons. Not to mention the Maximals trying to stop Megatron and the Predacons from wiping out the earliest ancestors of humans. But eventually, they both stumble upon the Autobots' arc and the Decepticons' nemesis, both containing all of the original G1 Transformers in stasis. This Beast Wars version of Megatron believes that if he destroys Optimus Prime now, he can secure a victory for the Decepticons in the Great War. Realizing this Optimus Primal takes Prime spark and protects it as his own. And that's about all the time we have for class today. Uh, for homework, I want you to check out Transformers Rise of the Beasts, June 9th, in theaters. Remember, I'm Professor Cellphone Wallet Keys, and I hope this class was informational and fun. Fandoms, I love you. You're beautiful as always. Have a great night. That was great.
4: His animations
3: (laughs) kill me.
1: (laughs) I was taking it right back to Toonami, just like
3: that. That Oh, man. There's there's so much lore. There's so much lore to, like, we're going to do one movie, and it's going to touch on all this, and people don't realize, like, the lore that's behind it.
1: Yeah, and frankly, a lot of people don't really give it the credit that it needs, but there are certain pieces in the Beast Wars lore that you know, are incorporated that we wouldn't have in like particular Transformers lore today. Like the idea of protoforms, a spark or you know, particular like pieces of Energon being on Earth like the blue setup that they have all of that started from Beast Wars and they put it in particular things like you know Transformers animated the films and particularly my personal favorite uh, Transformers Prime which Transformers Prime is what Beast Wars was for the 90s, you know, in terms of cutting-edge animation, lore-building, storytelling, and all of that. It's pretty much... When you have the time to iron out your characters, build them up, and not have to squeeze them into a two-hour movie window and not splash them with Michael Bay nonsense, you get Transformers Prime. So, yeah, I... It, I, I, honestly, if nobody else has actually gotten the chance to watch it, take the time to watch it, and then if you, you definitely have the time, go back and watch Beast Wars. Honestly, if you look at the early uh, 90s animation, uh, it's, it's a really good story. You find yourself entertained, you find yourself enthralled, you're going to find yourself sometimes even rooting for uh, Beast Wars Megatron to a certain degree. And, and more importantly, you're going to find yourself thinking to yourself, okay, now I've seen them reissue these toys at Walmart. Should I invest in going to get them or should I just enjoy the series for what it is? Because quite frankly, I can't tell you how many times going for just, you know, just like a carton of milk or, you know, just grabbing some like cleaning supplies. I find the urge to just walk past the toy aisle and I look and I see like fresh out of the box. Like it was back in the nineties, they've reissued not only G1 toys, but Beast Wars toys. So I think to myself, you know, just walk away, just walk away, you don't need it, you don't need it. And literally, Optimus Primal and Megatron are literally sitting back oh. to back, right? And you're thinking, They're right there, how about my
3: take? Oh no! It's it like, like I get it. Like I was a huge Master of the Universe fan, and when they when they just did like Revelations, not only did they do like more modern versions of the toys, but they also did like the retro, but were nicer than ones the ones I had. And I'm I just sat there and I watched. But honestly, like if you if you're having if you're struggling to make the decision whether or not, I would just suggest you check out our merch store because that's how oh, we support. <laughs> Well, we gotta Funny make sure joke. it's there for it's people. It's a running
4: joke, it's a running us, joke. <laughs> yeah.
3: Oh, so yeah, I don't yeah. mean to cover your face, but no, you're fine. I have to, I have to throw it in there some way. I'm um,
1: that's how you do it. That's how you do it. Which, by the way, I need to get some more merch from this store. I actually have a Nerd Initiative hat that I wear to work literally every day so that I can hide my headphones. So oh,
4: we, got, we got to send you some stuff. Yeah. Oh, do. Absolutely. So, if I, so if the time We're talking to get off. We'll talk. We'll talk about that, and then we'll talk about the 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 Joker collaboration for NYC too. Oh, that's, that's all. That's all
1: coming. That's going to be awesome. I really hope so because now that I've gotten my definitive Bat suit out of the way, I want to do a definitive version of Joker that that'll cater to me. So that'll be really cool. And I really appreciate you guys putting me on like that. If he's available for it, let's go. I'm happy. I, I will Absolutely. go for that. Yeah. Yes.
3: See, Wait, magic happens. Magic oh. happens on this show. That's all that matters.
1: Yeah. You know what? If you guys get all of the, if you guys are able to uh, get some pull at maybe Paramount or Hasbro, let's see if we can get them on. Because I've been tagging them in all the videos, I've gotten
3: nothing. So. Wow. Yeah. So listen, if you're watching this episode and and you want to know what you can do. Um, you need to tag this guy with Hasbro and with Paramount. Um, make sure that the Transformers franchise knows that they need to have him represent. Um, it's it's happening more than you realize with a lot of things. And yeah, it's short knows, but it could still happen. So um, oh, yeah. you know, be sure. You know, we can always make it a campaign and do that. Um, I've been trying
1: to. I've been trying to figure out like the best way to campaign it. All I've really been doing is putting most of my videos out on TikTok and then just tagging them. I've been tagging performers. I've been tracking Hasbro. When I've been tagging uh, Paramount, those are the main three.
3: You know, and I, one one last thing I want to say: uh, we have one more segment, but we can we can get close to the end for that one. Um, there's been a thing going around TikTok where there is like supposedly leaked footage of Beast Wars, uh, or I'm sorry, Rise of the Beast. But I believe if you look at it, it's actually it might be fan made. Okay. Um, specifically, you have Optimus Prime saying very inappropriate things to like the gorilla. Oh, no, I, and, I like, it. it's, no, it's fake. So, so, viewer beware! If you're out there and you're watching on TikTok and you see, I believe a lot of that footage is is actually like fan fiction or yeah, take that with a grain it's, of salt. It's, it's made up. So just you know, be take careful that with a grain
4: of salt. Yeah,
1: and you can usually tell by the design of the characters because it'll look like what Michael Bay did in 2007 versus. Like the G1 look that he has now. You know, it's, it's, it's like telling, you know, it's, it's, it's like being able to tell mega blocks from Legos. Like, there's a distinct difference, and you're just like, okay, just, just uh uh-uh. uh. Just, you can tell it's fake. So, just take it with a grain of salt. Still going with an open mind. And quite honestly, don't, don't like, like with most movies, just, for God's sakes, don't go in so judgmental. Have a good time with it. Because I can yeah. tell you how many movies as of recently. Even if it wasn't like the best done, it was ruined because people didn't go in with an open mind. Like, thank God people didn't tear Guardians up. Because I was really excited for that when it first, you know, stepped out. And I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. With, with everything Marvel's been doing recently, people might actually tear this movie apart. So that's not what happened, though. And I'm really happy.
3: And I'm really happy. Yeah. yeah. It happened. Yeah. Well, Delhi, thank you so much for joining us. Stick with us. We're going to we're going to um when we when we close up, we're going to we want to talk with you offline. Um but we're going to go ahead and we've got one more segment and then we're going to get ready to say goodbye.
1: I thanks for having me. I hope I can do this again. Absolutely. <laughs> oh yeah.
0: Welcome back to Pooja's Picks. My name is Pooja and I'm here to bring you the latest in movie news. Today we're gonna go ahead and cover some movies that you may have missed, movies that are now playing, and movies that are coming soon. So let's get into it. From director Nita Manzoor, Polite Society is a fun, action-packed story about two British Pakistani sisters, Rhea and Lena, whose lives are not quite on the path that they expected. When Lena drops out of art school and chooses to marry a rich socialite as a way to solve her problems, Rhea not only wonders what this means for her goals to become a stuntwoman, but also suspects that something isn't right with the family that is soon to be her in-laws. This is a must watch if you're looking for something fresh and if you're not convinced our full review is available to check out on the Nerd Initiative site. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 finally hit theaters last weekend, and if you haven't seen it yet, you've got to check it out. The film is expected to be James Gunn's definitive conclusion to the misfit found family we've grown to love since 2014, with Rocket taking the center stage and new characters being introduced like the High Evolutionary and Adam Warlock. And yes, we've got reviews galore only on the Nerd Initiative site, so go check them out now. We are in a time where movies can be about almost anything, and BlackBerry is proof. The film follows the development and creation of the world's first smartphone, the iconic BlackBerry. The film is directed by Matthew Johnson and stars Glenn Howerton and Jay Baruchel in the lead roles. If you love dramatic portrayals of modern technology or are just fascinated by the phenomenon of the BlackBerry, this might just be for you. Fast X, the 10th installment of the Fast and Furious series, is coming to theaters on May 19th and introduces Jason Momoa as the latest antagonist to the family. Momoa plays Dante Reyes, a man who is hell-bent on getting revenge against Dominic Toretto after Reyes lost his family's fortune back in Brazil. With the franchise having gone on for over 10 years and is now slowly approaching its end, the question is whether this film is setting up for a big finale in the future. Will this officially be the beginning of a definitive one last ride? Time will tell, but there's no denying that fans will be showing up for this one. Well, that's all that I have for today, but be sure to tune in for the next episode for more of Pooja's Picks. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get back to Tony and Michael.
3: Now you want to hear something really like crazy. So um, yeah. just, just recent news. The two part finale is now a three part finale for fast X. They've extended <laughs> it to a that. third movie. Stop, like That was scooped. I, I watched it from official Megs. Yeah. Um, so yeah, crazy, 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 crazy time good. we're living in.
4: I want to see, I mean, look, Pooja always comes up with like the most amazing, um, movies that I've never even heard of. Um, I want to see Blackberry. I think that looks really fascinating. Um, and that's the one that stuck out to me. Uh, that looks really cool. So, um, thank you. Um, for-
3: yeah, Polite Society was absolutely one of those one of those things that I wasn't even on the radar for. It. I'm, I'm definitely going to want to watch now. So, yeah.
4: She has a great balance of, like, stuff that you know, like Guardians and Fast X, and then things that you didn't know of um, in the past. She's covered, like, Tetris and I think... Um, and there's a lot, there's so many of them that I, I yeah. yeah, she's, she's really just got like such a great eye for these, like <laughs> such a good variety of, of films.
3: Yeah. And just like she said, if you're interested in looking at a review for guardians of the galaxy, there are a lot of them on the nerd initiative website. <laughs> um, and and I, I'll be honest with you. It's one, something that we've been wanting to do for a long time. We want you guys to have the ability to go on and see multiple opinions for things, because again, fandoms are from everybody's point, point of view. It's all about being able to see Uh, find somebody from your perspective and be able to enjoy that to make your fandom and your enjoyment more. But with that said, we have gone way past what we were planning on. Um, So we're going to go ahead and wrap this up. And um, just like we wish they would do for the fast and furious franchise. Um, But uh, be sure to check out next week. Uh, We've got comic press podcast going on next week. Um, If you haven't had the time um, to check out um, the new uh, video game, uh, show that's Mem- going on card. yes memory card um with uh with cody collects mm-hmm. and um uh with uh with christian uh comic stash. yeah um <laughs> i always forget but uh but yeah that, 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 it's a lot of fun and looking forward to seeing what they do with that um but yeah it's been a great evening thank you guys for joining us again thank you nelly for for joining us as well um and we're, we'll we'll bring you more people Um, to express different aspects of their fandoms for you to enjoy. Have a great night.